A very good evening to all eh, brothers and sisters in the Dhamma. Today is the 25th, July 2023. It's a Tuesday class. So we will continue our sharing from this book. The Dhamma, uh, the wonderful Dhamma Lotus Flower Sutta. Eh? We are on page 467. Eh? Okay. So as usual, let us gather and have our physical puja. Eh? Let us compose our mind, develop the sada virya, then mindfully we shall commence the puja chanting. Namo pen si si jia moni fo. Namo pen si si jia moni fo. Namo pen si si jia moni fo. Namo guan sing pusa. Namo Quan Sing Pusa Namo Quan Sing Pusa Namo Ami Tofo Namo Ami Tofo Namo Ami Tofo Namo Milofo Namo Milofo Namo Milofo Namo Pusian Pusa Namo Pusian Pusa Namo Pusian Pusa Namo Tizang Wang Pusa Namo Tizang Wang Pusa Namo Tizang Wang Pusa Namo Four Pusa Namo Four Pusa Namo Four Pusa Okay, for those who are new, our chanting will start from page one. Just now what we have done is we make offering to the Triple Gemma, the author. When we recite sadhu means we rejoice with the generosity, wholesomeness and offering that we have done. Then after that, we chant the salutation to the great beings, eh? the Buddha, the great beings, and all those that have affinity with our nature eh? for Pusa. Eh? So all this is what the Mayana tradition is. Eh? Then now we follow by Theravada tradition. So under Theravada tradition, we will chant the salutation to the Buddha, Dhamma and the Sangha. So you follow page one. Eh? The English translation is on the right. The Pali, trans, uh, the Pali words are on the left. So we will chant the Pali. Eh? You want to understand? You go back and read the English translation. Okay. So the first chanting is Vandana, huh? homage to the Buddha, Dhamma, and the Sangha. Arahang Samasambuto Bhagawa Bhutang Bhagawantang Abhiwatemi Swakato Bhagavata Dhammo Dhammang Namasami Bao Supatipano Bhagavato Saokasango Sanghang Namami Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa 
namo atasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa namo atasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa betang saranang gacchami dhammang saranang gacchami Sanghang saranang gacchami Dutiyampi buddhang saranang gacchami Dutiyampi dhammang saranang gacchami Dutiyampi sanghang saranang gacchami Tatiyampi buddhang saranang gacchami Tatiyampi dhammang saranang gacchami Tatiyampi sanghang saranang gacchami Panati patao eramani sikapadang samadhyami Adinadana eramani sikapadang samadhyami Kame sumicacara veramani sikapadang samadhyami Musawada veramani sikapadang samadhyami Surame raya majapamadathana veramani sikapadang samadhyami so Padipa Puja are all the chanting to develop understanding of all the offerings. Eh? I will chant the Pali, then I will read the English eh? on the right. Kanda Samrapa Dithena Dipena Tamadang Sina Tiloka Dipang Sambudang Pujayami tamonudang. The meaning is offerings of light with lights brightly shining, abolishing the darkness or gloom. I adore the enlightened one who dispel the darkness of ignorance. Then now you chant the Sukanda Puja. Kanda Sambara Yutena. Dupena hang sugang hina, puja ye puja niyang tang, puja bajana mutamang. The meaning is offerings of perfumed smoke. With perfumed incense, made from fragrant substance, I honored the exalted one, worthy of respect, who dispels the darkness or ignorance. Then the next. Uh, puja item is Pupa Puja or offerings of flowers. Vanda Kanda Guno Petang Etang Kosuma Santatin Pujayami Munindasa Siri Pada Sarorohe Pujemi Bhutang Kosume Nanena Punena matena cha ho tu mo kang Pupang milayati yata idang me 
Kayo tatayati vinasabhavang. The meaning is offerings of flowers. This mass of flower, fresh, hue, fragrant, and choice, I offered at the sacred lotus feet, lotus-like feet of the noble sage. I offer the Lord Buddha these flowers. May this virtue aid in my emancipation. Our body undergoes decay even as this flower must fade. Then the next page. Yeah? Paniya Puja, offering of water. Adivase tuno bante paniyang parika pitang anu kampang upadaya patigan hatumutamang. The meaning is offering of water. O oh Lord, the Blessed One, please accept this water as an offering to thee out of great compassion for us. Then the next puja item is Pala Puja, offering of fruits. Adiva se tu no bante, pale parika pitang, anu kampang upadaya, patigan hatu mutamang. The meaning is offerings of fruits. O oh Lord, the Blessed One. Please accept these fruits as an offering to thee, our great compassion for us all. The next puja offering is Ahara Puja, offerings of food. Adivase tuno bante bojanang parika pitang anu kampang upadaya patigan hatumutamang. Offerings of these foods. O oh Lord, the Blessed One, please accept all this food as an offering to the our great compassion for us all. Now we will chant the puja aspiration based on our understanding of all the significance of all this puja offering that we have made. Significance of offering of light. We read together, huh? May this offering of light to the Buddha brings forth the causes and conditions to illuminate our mind and help arise the needed clarity and understanding to dispel all darkness or ignorance therein. Significance of offering of water. May this offering of pure clear water lead us to the pure clear Dhamma that cools and doses of the fires of all defilements within our mind. Significance of offering or incense. May our morality, virtue, and understanding shine forth far and wide, just like the fragrance of this incense which we are offering to the Blessed One, who is perfect in wisdom and virtue. Significance of offering of fruits. May this offering of fruits remind us of the Dana Parami of generosity and the fruit of our karma so that we will diligently strive on with heedfulness to attain the path and fruition soon as possible. Significance of offering of flowers. May this constant offering of flowers to the Blessed One strengthen our faith and constantly remind us of the impermanence of this body, 
so that we will diligently and sincerely strive on to cultivate sila, samadhi, and panya, leading to ultimate liberation, the bond-free nibbana, making of overall aspiration. By the power of all these merits, born of these offerings, may our spiritual faculties of sadha, virya, sati, samadhi, and panya be further strengthened until they become balanced or powers. And finally, sharing and transfer merits to all beings. May these merits be shared and transferred to all beings without exception, especially to those who have the condition and affinity to receive them. Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. Bhattang Pujemi Dhammang Pujemi Bang Sanghang Pujemi Bang Tonight huh, we are fortunate to have a new karma. Huh? I think Sister Alicia's daughter-in-law sister. Huh? She's Sister Andriana. Oh, not Andrea. Andrea, I always pronounce wrongly. Andrea is boy, man. Adrian. Oh, Adrian. Yeah, sorry. So this is Andrea. So you are more welcome, Andrea. So make yourself at home. Anything you don't understand, you can ask. Don't worry. We are here to develop sharing and understanding of the Buddhist teaching. Then later on, the second session, maybe I will make use of this session to brief so things to Andrea. I always cannot remember. Huh? Forgive me, Andrea. <laughs> uh, to at the same time let others who are new later on develop the understanding. Eh? So you all have to maybe remember this recording so that people who are new, they can actually develop better understanding. So what we do here is like I earlier explained, we will have our initially the so-called physical puja where we gather eh, to actually make offering of the uh, significance offering we call it the puja offering yeah. puja means our devotional uh, offering so pre-puja is before we start our session our class we will have this pre-devotional offering where we develop devotion yeah, towards the buddha towards his teaching and towards the order of the monk that he has trained well and they are all enlightened beings that is all that are worthy of offering respect give and hospitality and orders uh, related to the Aryan Sangha mm. so these three the Buddha and his teaching, which we call the Dhamma, and the Aryan Sangha are the triple gem. We call it uh, the three gems within existence, within life. Uh, 
As we all know, gemstones are the most precious of all the precious stones. We call them gemstones. So here, the triple gem is just an analogy. It doesn't mean that these three Buddha Dhamma Sangha are gem. No, they are like the most precious and most. Uh, you cannot even put a value on it. They they are very very precious and very important to humanity, to living beings, because according to the Buddha, if you cannot come across this triple gem, you cannot find his teaching. Uh, although other religion may have their own teaching, but this teachings of the Buddha is very unique. Yeah, he doesn't teach you something that make you very powerful, like full of psychic ability, super normal. No, he doesn't teach that. What he teach is understanding clearly what life is, who are we, what are we, and how we function as a human being, and how this human being. Feed into existence, feed into the entire uh, what we call uh, existential world, where living beings become a part of. So when we understand this, means we understand life. Then we know how to live life. Then we can live a noble life that is free of order. Unnecessary suffering and misery of life. So, which means this teaching can bring about enlightenment in the here and the now. You don't have to wait till you die to realize this teaching. So, in that sense, this triple gem, any of these, when you encounter them, or when you are able to come into contact with them, the teaching will be there. Because the Buddha himself is the fully enlightened one. He is not only enlightened; he is perfect in virtue and wisdom. He has developed the understanding, the perfection, means wisdom-wise, virtue-wise. He has perfected them all. That's why he is called the fully enlightened one. Not only enlightened, fully enlightened, and because of that, he definitely have the teaching. That's why when he proclaimed and teach this teaching two thousand six hundred over years ago, is to allow humanity, mankind, and even living beings who can receive this teaching to actually develop the understanding of it and liberate their mind to free their mind from all this so-called. Delusional living. So when you have wisdom, you are no longer delusional or deluded. Then you can understand life. Then you know how to develop the understanding to live life. Then you will have the noble life, free of suffering. You can transcend birth and death. You don't have to worry about dying. You will develop clear understanding. Nothing die, no one die. Then what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of existence? Everything you can understand. That's why this teaching is very unique, 
And this teaching he call it the Dhamma because Dhamma means truth. All of nature's truth is considered Dhamma. But what he taught, the essence of his teaching, are the four noble truths. Uh, this four noble truths is very unique. Uh, you know Mandarin, Oh, good. You heard of the four noble truths, Si Oh, no. Sheng <laughs> Ren, you understand? Sheng Ren. Uh, no. Sheng Ren, enlightened being. This uh, type of truth, they are not only unique spiritual universal truth or very important truth, but they are very uh, special truth that the Buddha came upon to let humanity understand. That's why he called it the noble truth. Because these are the truth when you cultivate them and develop the understanding, you will awaken and become noble ones. So noble ones in the time of the Buddha, they are called enlightened ones, enlightened beings. Because enlightened beings, according to the Buddha, you are very noble in all aspects of life. Means you have right understanding or right view with regards to all of life. Means whatever nature's law that governs life and existence, you understand. Yeah. So you got noble quality of wisdom that allow you to understand how things arise and how things comes to be. Means the secret of life. Yeah. So this four noble truth is like he summarized all of life into just four noble truth that explain to you clearly all of the secret of life both mundane and supramundane. You can understand them all. That's why these are called noble truth, very unique. Then you become noble ones. You are very noble in your understanding. Then the second one is, after you have this right understanding, you are very noble in your speech, your, the way you live life, the way you act, the way you arise your thoughts. That's why they call it the Noble Eightfold Path, embodiment of an enlightened being. Once you become enlightened, you will have this understanding, this wisdom. Then you become very noble in the way you communicate with people through your actions, speech, and thought process. You will have right thought leading to right speech, right action. Means you are incapable of cheating, deceiving harming, hurting, or causing death to living beings or fellow humanity or any organism for that matter. That's why we keep our precepts and all those things. Then the next noble quality is you will have what they call the right understanding to live life. They call it noble living. Right livelihood or right living in the sense that you don't take up certain type of occupation that leads to killing destructive uh, nature and all those things means 
you take up a career that is of noble value where you can contribute to society to humanity and it will not like cause conflict to nature or destroy environment kill people uh, out of greed certain type of livelihood eh? like they sell drugs weapon and all those things so all those livelihood that are not in accordance with the right moral principles they will not do and they by nature they have that noble understanding and quality that's why they will live their life in accordance then after that they will also have the embodiment of the four right effort where they continuously develop the training of their mind to arise is for right effort to purify their thought process so whenever they arises wrong thought or unwholesome thought or negativity of thought that can lead to suffering misery coming negativity then the first right effort is to arise the right effort to have the ability to abandon it yeah, means you must have mindfulness to see it then you must be able to abandon it then it will cease to be yeah. so all this wrong thought wrong speech wrong action and wrong way of doing things become no longer a part of you because that right effort will enable you to abandon them once they are gone rooted out then you will have proper noble life that will know that will not lead to any negativity then the second right effort is after you have trained yourself not only you can abandon them the second right effort is to have the wisdom or the understanding to prevent them from arising in the future means that wrong thought wrong speech wrong action and wrong way of doing things or living life you will have this ability to arise the right effort to prevent them from arising yeah so this too is to deal with negativity of mind state then the other two right effort is to develop the ennobler of your character your personality your uh, goodness or wholesomeness so the third right effort is to cultivate whatever goodness or virtue or kindness generosity and all things that are still not in you yeah. then learning how to rejoice learning how to be gentle pleasant kind compassionate yeah, merciful and other things so these are the training that they will have at the right effort then the fourth right effort is to refine upon all this wholesomeness or goodness that you have developed while you are cultivating the third right effort until they become like perfected so that it become an embodiment of the way you understand life and the way you live life then the next two quality noble quality is you are always 
mindful awareness. You have mindfulness developed within. They call it samasati, the right mindfulness. Uh, enlightened being must have this awareness or mindfulness within. Otherwise, you cannot become enlightened being. So our meditation later on also is to develop this awareness-based meditation so that this awareness can stabilize in your mind state to enable you to meditate and develop wisdom and understanding. That's why this quality of mind, which is sati or mindfulness, is very important. Then finally, the last noble quality is after you have the ability to develop this mindfulness or sati or awareness, then you need to stabilize it until it becomes unwavering, collected. So they call this the state of samadhi. When your mind develops samadhi, it can see things as they are. It will not waver under any circumstances. Yeah, this mind that is in samadhi is collected and unwavering. So at the moment of sense experience, when you see something, hear something, smell, taste, tactile, if you or think of something, you will not be affected at all. That's why you can remain peaceful, calm, aware, tranquil, and have the ability to see what is going on in life, in existence, within the moment. We call it ability to see things as they are, not according to your memory, your views, your opinion, your conditioning, your beliefs. These are all from the memory. They are not wisdom. The awareness is the one that can see things as they are. Then when you are completely silent, still, and just aware with the stability of Samadhi, then you can also insight into phenomena to awaken to their universal characteristics of Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta. These are Pali words. The English equivalent is you will see the three universal characteristics of impermanent, which is Anicca, followed by the suffering state, which is Dukkha. Then Anatta means not a permanent, unchanging entity, empty nature or existence. So this universal characteristic, the tree, you will insight into them and awaken to it. Then you realize the whole of the phenomenal world, the existential world, is not what you think. It's not something that is so real, where people can cling on to, hold on to, grasp on to, and say, this is me. This is I. <laughs> Therefore, all this belongs to me. In reality, there is no such thing. But because of delusion, living beings got themselves entangled when they go through life without understanding. Because they lack mindfulness, awareness. They cannot awaken to this understanding. So they are caught. Yeah. To most living beings, before they awaken or develop the understanding, they will believe as a human being, we are real, we exist, we have feeling, we have a physical body, we have the senses, it can make us conscious of what we see, 
what we smell, what we taste, what we tactile feel and think, and the consciousness that arise are like so real. Then the thought process, the emotion, everything, it's like we really exist. Then when we are born, they give us a name. <laughs> then they label us. They label us to our appearance. Yeah. Male, female. Then through your skin color, externally, physically, by race, Chinese, Indian, Negro, or Westerner, or European, and all those things. Then they also divide us through all our religion. They call it the belief system. Yeah. So all this is the society's way of enhancing the delusion of what humanity is going through. And because of that, the ego, the personality, the atta that has been conditioned into our life is so strong we find it very difficult to reverse them or remove them. Then when we go to school, education and other things, career, we develop competition. We become very competitive, even in the field of sport, education, everything. We must compete to survive, compete to become famous, compete to reach the top and to develop fame and all those things. So all this lead to a lot of what they call uh, unnecessary conflict, unnecessary misunderstanding, argument. Of course, there are certain aspects of joy, recognition, and all those things. But like anything in life, the one that succeeds are very few. The one that fails is a lot. Then after you succeed, you cannot stay forever champion or very good for too long. As you age, you're no longer as fit as those younger players or athletes or whoever in that field. So you will go through the reality of life and existence. And all these are in the teachings, especially the first noble truth the reality, the eight realities of life and existence. And these are what humanity will confront as they go through life. The first four, of course, is very common, often mentioned, especially among the Chinese race. Uh, they call it Sen Lao Bing Si, means birth, old age, sickness, and death. So according to the Buddha, as long as you live life long enough, you will confront birth, old age, sickness, and death. Then when you confront them without understanding, suffering will follow you. That's why he said birth is suffering when you don't have the wisdom. Going through old age, experiencing aging, especially old age, followed by sickness and death, they all lead to suffering. Uh, just now before we start the class, I was asking Elsie, well, Elsie has to look after the mother-in-law, quite elderly. So it was not easy because, you, like she said, almost need 24-hour attention and all those things. So not easy. Uh, 
so we were talking about that uh, issue which is life related you see luckily now they managed to find a proper home to look after her so that's why she can attend back the classes so earlier on she told my wife uh, for the time being maybe one or two months she may not be able to join our physical class uh, which is understandable that's why later on we discuss is it not until you confront this reality where is her mother-in-law then i told her my neighbor also said they are very old my neighbor the husband is almost 90 years old just passed away i think one whole year ago and then now the wife alone also 80 plus then they have two children one is a doctor in uk cannot just come back uh, so often and the other one is a son that has a family in singapore mm. but they are our neighbors so my wife and me off and on we help them uh, but not easy to cope the son also find it very difficult almost alternate we can drive all the way from singapore attend to her and do a lot of things Yes, as we age, the aging doesn't mean uh, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old. Aging means as you grow old. I think the most prominent is after 50 onwards. So normal people with average lifespan 70 something, actually I mean, based on what I go through, uh, at 60 and now coming to 70, I'm still okay, still very good. <laughs> but I was told 70 to 80 is not so easy. Yeah? But if you have the Dhamma, you don't worry. Yeah? You can confront them, you can understand them, and you can just develop the understanding to endure and to move. Do what you have to do. No need to feel like miserable only no need to develop the remorse the sadness the suffering the unnecessary suffering i call it and the sorrow the lamentation then no need to hold on to a lot of things that your thought create for you i always tell kemita is only a thought how come it has such power to make you so miserable miserable they go and think and think and think until they develop depression, <laughs> suffering, misery, so much problems. They worry a lot. <laughs> they not only worry about their life, their health, their career. They also worry about their children, their grandchildren, <laughs> and sometimes their parents, <laughs> their good friends brothers, sisters, siblings, there's so much thing to worry. Yeah. Then, career problem, financial problem, relationship problem, whole load of life-related problem. So sometimes when you confront life without understanding, anything can happen. Disaster is everywhere you read the news, the TV, the whatever social media 
almost everywhere forest fire yeah typhoon then they also have what they call earthquake uh, very severe weather and all those things then tsunami then of course they have uh, traumatic diseases too uh, like our recent pandemic <laughs> covid <laughs> just one covid make the world go into a turmoil for three four years and we have to adjust our life and do all that that's why we don't have the number the understanding you cannot endure you complain that a lot of people's life career earning power disrupted over that period so this is what the teaching is all about life existence when we understand all this then we can face them confront them no problem we can still have the good life the happy life and all of this happening is in fact like i share with elsie is for us to learn for us to understand that's why in the teaching the buddha teach the four noble truth then he turn it three times even the first noble truth he said the eight reality you don't develop the wisdom when you confront them you will suffer you will become afflicted miserable then he said this teaching need to be done three times first time is to listen to his proclamation then after that you ask yourself how can i develop the understanding of what the buddha has taught me why did he say this eight reality which is birth always sickness and death is suffering the first form then separation from loved one your possession and everything that you hold on to dearly is also suffering so separation can occur in many ways Uh, sometimes not necessary death of course death is very traumatic death of a loved one breadwinner and all those things then apart from death there is also relationship failure that leads to separation like divorce then when the relationship no longer uh, the way they supposed to go then relationship also breakdown sometimes they are not married but their relationship turns sour so separation can also occur they don't want to continue the relationship yeah and there are other ways separation can occur sometimes during nature's disaster war or whatever you can be separated from your loved ones yeah. then after that the next reality is when you are with people whom you don't like yeah. you know there are a lot of times in life where you have to confront people whom you don't like yeah? even as a kid sometimes in school they have this bully or disciplinary teacher then sometimes your karma is not so good you have step in stepmother stepfather or your own parents they don't treat you well you have to go through child abuse and others so these are the people whom you don't like then when you come out to work during career sometimes you meet up with certain bosses that are not so 
understanding and kind. Some they go by this management by fear and harassment. They put fear into you, they harass you to deliver, you know. This can be very stressful. And these are people whom <laughs> you don't like. Uh, then sometimes your mother-in-law or your father-in-law or your uh, uncooperative neighbor and all those things. Then sometimes your own sibling, they, they, they may fight for with each other and create the hell out of things. Yeah. So when you are with people whom you don't like, suffering can really arise and some people become so affected they become depressed and they commit suicide via peer pressure and all those types of societies unnecessary pressure then the seventh one is when you cannot get what you want in life so that one also very traumatic especially people who have a lot of ideal uh, they expect to be promoted but they didn't get it. Instead, they have colleague whom they think is not worthy of promotion, get promoted. Uh, so when your expectation is not met, you become miserable. Then sometimes you expect your own parents to understand you, to love you, to care for you, to sacrifice for you. Then you saw your classmate, your friend, your colleague, it appears like their family is so good, they have everything, but yours is the other way around. That's why when your expectations in life are not met, when you try to measure and when you try to compare, you get into a lot of unnecessary suffering and misery. Yeah. Then there are other things in life where sometimes our expectation, we, we cannot actually allow this thing to cause suffering and misery to the individual. Because expectation is what people desire, crave for. That's why when you are studying that time, remember, sometimes we think we did very well in the exam, so our expectation is we score, we get uh, good grades, flying color, all those things, top the school. But what happened if it doesn't turn out? Yeah. So for me, very lucky. Academically, yeah, I did very well. My children also did very well. <coughs> I don't have such problem. Yeah. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of classmate colleagues yeah, who study very hard, but somehow the expectation not met. And some they become so unhappy, so depressed, they refuse to talk to people, and some develop depression. Yeah. Then the last one, the eighth reality, huh, this one not easy, this one you must meditate to understand. The Buddha said, in short, it is due to humanity, uh, humanities or living beings' inability to understand who they are what they are and what this so-called human being is all about. That psychiatry or self-delusion condition them to grasp onto this so-called human being or he called it the five aggregates of form and mind, the two aspects that he calls suffering. 
the growth being aggregate. And that one is a big topic. You need to cultivate, you need to study them and develop the meditative understanding, the awareness, then understanding. But that one is the final summary, is it? In short, it is due to this. So, under the second turning, the Buddha said, after he proclaimed, you listen, or nowadays you can read it up, or you can Google it, you develop some form of wisdom. They call it the first turning wisdom, or Suttamaya Panya, wisdom born of listening, or hearing, or reading nowadays. Then if you still don't quite understand, he said you can go into the second turning. You can reflect on it, contemplate on it, inquire into it. Why did the Buddha say all this? Birth, always sickness, and death is suffering. Separation and all those things is suffering. Why? Then how can I understand it? So through inquiry, contemplation, reflection, you start to develop more in-depth stability of understanding of this reality which is life-related. When you develop this understanding which is life-related, then you start to have the ability to understand life deeper, clearer. Then you can assimilate all this understanding into your mind or your nature within, so that you have this wisdom and understanding that is very different from normal people. So when you understand this teaching, you will understand the first number two. Just as I say, the four number two explain to you the secret of life, both mundane and super mundane. That one is another very big topic, but I just quickly run through so that you understand. The first number two is to explain to humanity or living being the realities of life and existence. Means all of life is inside the eight reality. Whatever you do, they are covered there. All of life. Whatever you can think of, I can categorize for you. Then he said, this is called the first noble truth of suffering. Because suffering is prevalent in this world, in our existential world. If you confront this reality without the wisdom and the understanding of his teaching, you will suffer. That's it. Finish. So this reality of life and existence are common to all of humanity, not only to you alone, you need, no. Everybody need to confront them. If you live life long enough, you have to confront all those eight realities that I mentioned. Then whether you suffer or you don't suffer, depend on your understanding. If you understand, suffering need not be, the Buddha said. Yeah. But if you don't understand, you suffer. So this is the first noble truth. Proclaiming the realities of life and existence, the first noble truth of prevalence of suffering. Then after that, the Buddha go on to the second noble truth. He said, whatever suffering that arise from you not having that understanding to confront the first noble truth, there is a cause behind that suffering. The cause is the final summary of the first noble truth. Because of your self-delusion that condition you to grasp and cling onto this so-called human being, the five aggregate of form and mind, creating the delusion of a 
being that exists. That this being is a permanent, unchanging entity. It has an ego, it has a personality, it has an atta. And it can own things and it can have things. That's why separation can bring about suffering and misery. Then it leads to attachment, clinging, grasping, craving. All this can lead to suffering. Because when you hold, you grasp, you cling, you think you exist, you create a lot of unnecessary conflict in life, suffering, misery. So all this is what he called craving. So the cause of arising of suffering is craving born of self-delusion, psychiatry, believing that you exist, you are real. That's why in the famous saying, the Mahayana saying, in Mandarin is a Laie Kong, Chie Kong, Namo Si Zua, He Bi Ku Ku Wei Kong, Liu Lei Na. The meaning is very interesting. He said, when we come to this world, we come empty handed, is it? True or not? When you are born into this world, you don't bring anything, is it? Then, when you die, when you leave this world, can you bring along anything? Cannot, is it? All your wealth, your so called possession, all no longer yours. Overnight, entity gone. People will start to take or inherit or sometimes confiscated or get destroyed or whatever. So he said, you come empty-handed, you go empty-handed. Then why in between you grieve over emptiness? That one is very interesting. That's why you suffer, grieve, have tears over what? What your thought tell you, which is all empty. You grieve over nothing, anasana, to your own delusion. But when you are deluded, you don't have the teaching, you don't have the doubt, you will hold your cling. But to you, it's so real. They will always say, how can you say I don't exist? How can you say my parents don't exist, my brothers and sisters, my siblings don't exist? The world is full of human beings, living beings. Huh. How can you say all these are not real? Huh. It's not to say that they are not real. They are real in the sense that within the existential world, there is such thing as life existed. But the teaching teach you how to develop the understanding. So the first two noble truths is really powerful. If you know these are the eight realities that can lead to suffering, then you know the cause is sakadity that condition you to grasp, cling and hold, born of craving, then you will know how to manage your life better. Yeah, I know the cause. I will not deludedly step my toe in and cause my own suffering, isn't it? So there is a way out. So the way out is through the first turning and second turning to understand this teaching. When you understand this teaching, this one is not very penetrative, but good enough for you to defly to a certain degree of understanding. Then the third turning is all about meditation, developing the awareness-based meditation to understand all this, 
than to awaken so that the wisdom is very penetrative, powerful. And then the moment you awaken, you see the delusion in doing all this deluded thing, heedless thing that lead to suffering. Then your life, like, suddenly take a turn, become meaningful, wonderful, free of suffering, free of misery. Your thought process all become different. You become a noble being that has noble quality, no more negativity, no more suffering, no more misery. Then you realize life is so different, so beautiful, so meaningful, amazingly wonderful. Then you can get to live life to the fullest. You can get to experience the pristine beauty and wonders of life. And everything is so beautiful, so pristine, so wonderful. And this is what the teaching is capable of delivering. Then after that, the Buddha didn't stop there. He said, there is a third noble truth that explains the cessation of suffering. It means suffering need not be. All this so-called suffering born of the first noble truth reality can end, he said. So suffering need not be when you have this understanding of this teaching, when you can awaken to his teaching. But most people tell you, after you die, you go somewhere, everything liberated. But that one, you have to wait till you die. This one, no need to wait till you die. Then most people didn't teach you how. They just tell you to believe. You believe, then it can take place or happen. But the Buddha is different. He said, he teach you how to develop it. That's why he said, there is a fourth noble truth. When you cultivate this noble eightfold path, just like I told you the eight noble quality of the enlightenment, it will lead to the end of all suffering. And this is the meditation. This is the teaching. Then when you realize this, you can become an enlightened being. You can understand the unconditioned. You can go beyond existence. Means you can realize the enlightenment, which is beyond thought, beyond time. You can cease your form and mind to realize the unconditioned which is our nature within that original nature, the true nature, the Buddha nature, or whatever you call it. So this is how that teaching becomes so beautiful, the Four Noble Truth summarized to us all of life and existence, the secret of life, both the mundane and the supramundane. The first two Noble Truths are more mundane, the third and fourth are supramundane. That's why you will understand life clearly, perfectly, and you will know who are you, what are you. And this is how the teaching makes life so different, enable us as cultivator of the way eh, to develop this unique understanding and to be a blessing to all of humanity, mankind, the world. So this is basically what you need to understand as a summary. <laughs> so this sharing are for people who are new, beginner. But what I have summarized to you is actually uh, very comprehensive and not easy to understand. It 
takes quite a while unless your pass is very special like just now uh, Andrea she asked me but how do you understand all this did you learn did you cultivate I say for me I was lucky with my pass I actually didn't really learn a lot of what I understand from this line but in, I inherited them and since birth until uh, the way I grew up the, the, the way things happen is very funny, very unique uh, that's why I say you were to write an autobiography of my life I tell you, the world will be very interested very strange a lot of things happen then like i used to share with some kayamita you may think it's fairy tale when the thing come up relate to you but what actually happened as i go through life is in fact more fantastic than fairy tale it's very funny very very strange and all this understanding when they arise or when they uh, unfold it's really amazing, amazing. And even now, Alicia starts to understand uh, where she also going through the cultivation, the progress, and the transformation. Then when it happened, uh, you know about Alicia's history, right? Huh? You don't know? Uh, she was earlier on in depression for 16 years, you know. Okay. Oh, that one you know. Yes. Uh, and how she come out it, like you, la, one day come, just listen like that. Then she becomes so different after that. Uh, and all in, I think about 10 years only. I didn't do any magic. I just share. She just listened. Then she chased after my talk, the recording. Then keep on listening, listening. Then follow the instruction, cultivate, then develop her own understanding. If she can do it, any human being can do it. Not only you must have a special past like me. No need. Anybody can. And most Kamehameha now, they can understand what I share. And it's in a way, uh, very different, uh, very different. Then we have the website. Huh? This book is for you to read first. Yeah? Then later on, when you develop interest, you will slowly go into the cultivation. Then you need guidance. You can discuss it, Alicia. She is very good. She can help you. You want to come to the class more often, it will benefit you. Uh, then. Hopefully, when we have the retreat, you can come, you will learn very fast. Our retreat is this tentatively, not 100% yet, but I think 90% confirmed, except the dates. October 18 until 26, 9 days, Cameron Highland, Sampo Temple. So, when you go for that session, the whole that, that yellow book, uh, golden book, uh, the Hans Sutta, you will go through the whole book. Then you will understand. All the teachings are there actually. Uh, but not easy to understand unless you meditate and you go into it. Uh, 
But if you have your past, you will understand very fast. Eh? So don't worry. So today, actually, I did something totally different from my class. Eh? I suppose to have the pre-puja, then no need to explain anything. Then after that, we have our meditation. Then we uh, supposed to invocation to a deva also didn't do yet. Uh, maybe we do it now. Uh, so normally before I start my sharing, I will do the invocation to the devas, basics of the uh, chanting moment. Okay, invocation to the devas. In this universe, in the entirety, let the dainties or devas come here. Let them hear the good teachings of the King of Sages, which gives heaven and release Nibbana. This is the time to listen to the teaching. This is the time to listen to the teaching. This is the time to listen to the teaching. Samantha Chakawali Su Atrakachantu Devata Saddamang Munirajasa Sunantu Sakamokadang Dhammasvanan Kalo Ayang Badanta Dhammasvanan Kalo Ayang Ayang oh, sorry Ayang Badanta Dhammasvanan Kalo Ayang Badanta Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Iti peso bhagawa arahang samasambuddho Vijacarana sampanno sugato lokavido Anotaro purisadamma sarati Satta deva manusanang Buddha Bhagavati Swakato Bhagavata Dhammo Sanditiko Akaliko Ehipaseko Opanayiko Pajatang Veditabo Vinohiti Supatipano Bhagavato Saukasango Ujupatipano Bhagavato Saukasango Yadida Yadida Ah, sorry, where are we? Nyana 
Oke, nyana patipano bagawato sawakesango sami cipatipano bagawato sawakesango yadidang catari purisa yukani ata purisa pugala esa bagawato sawakesango Ahuneyo, pahuneyo, dakineyo, anjali karaneyo, anu terang punyang ketang lokasati. Sadu, sadu, sadu. Okay, I think today we have to skip the Dhamma flower. Lotus Sutta. We maybe go into some other type of more basic Dhamma discussion and understanding. I want to repeat this. The last Sunday, we had this sharing, the blue book I given you in just the heart and the mind. So this book, you go back, you read out a bit, it will help you understand. The important aspect of understanding your own body and mind. What is the heart and what is the mind? Normally, for most people, if you are English educated, the heart is a physical organ. That's why they have a different word for it. Then mind is a different word. Mind is about most people understand the mind as your emotion, your thinking, your consciousness. So they thought this is mind. This is only one aspect of your mind, your thinking mind, your mundane mind. There is another mind which is different, without thought. Your true mind, your silent mind, your meditative mind. That is your awareness nature. And that one, only cultivated the way you can understand. Then you look at the Mandarin word. You know Mandarin. The heart and the mind, the Mandarin word is the same word you realize or not? You realize or not? Sing. Both also sing. Sing also the heart, sing also the mind. Why? You mean the Chinese don't understand? Actually, the Chinese understand this heart and the mind, they are related. And they are a very important aspect of humanity's understanding. That's why I draw this last Sunday. So maybe I turn on this again. You see, as a human being, what we have is the physical body. Then we have a brain up here, of course, distorted, not so big. Then we have the heart down here. So this brain is at the forehead, okay? Scientists, they will know brain is basically memory. Maybe I write this word here. Brain here is mainly memory. So what we store in our brain, they are memories. 
If you look at this memory bank, these are the things that we accumulate within our brain. So what are the things we accumulate in life? All of our? What do you accumulate? Huh? Your experiences in life, eh? true or not? So what are the things that you experience in life? All of life. Eh? So memory, eh? accumulation or experiences. Both good and bad. You accumulate them here. After you accumulate, what do you do? We always develop this, what they call uh, habitual thinking up here because we send our consciousness up here. That's why here is where all this memory is, accumulation experiences. Then what is thought? This Monday mind, the thinking mind is basically what thought is. So this one is actually the thought. So thought is actually developed through your brain. We call it response to memory. That's why when you stay here at the forehead, you create thinking, thought process. To understand this is very easy. When you don't have memory, can you produce thought? Like a newborn baby. They cannot produce thought, understand? But there is no memory, no learning, no conditioning, no memory cells that can teach them. That's why initially when you are born, this brain is like a clean slate, understand? No conditioning, no belief system, no learning, nothing. It's just pure. So that time the baby is very cute, very naive. They see things as they are without the words, without the concept, without the memory. <laughs> they don't know anything. But when we start to teach them Papa, Mama, all those things, then they learn. That's how the memory starts, the learning starts, the registration. So memories are accumulation of experiences. So when you accumulate all this, it becomes like a memory bank. So the beginning of thought, which are response to memory, is the beginning of registration. When you start to register, you start to develop the process of thinking. That's why the brain is responsible for the thought process. We call it the mundane mind. Before this process start, before this mundane mind come about, we have actually that true mind from our nature, from here. Then as we grow up, we know this heart is capable of a lot of things. But the scientists will tell you this is the heart, the most important organ. This one must pump to keep you alive. If this one stop, they say you are dead yeah, or heart attack. So don't have to believe anything, neither the scientists nor the Buddha's teaching. Find out yourself through awareness, whether what I say or teach you is the truth. The heart, based on my understanding, you can feel the heartbeat there, isn't it? True or not? The powers of life. So this heartbeat is the powers of life. 
there is a life force inside there that pumps the heart and send all the blood to nourish your organ and animate into animate you into a living organism or a living being. So this is what we call the life force that actually animates the human form into a living organism. Then whenever you are sad or full of joy or even when lightning strike you have fear, where do you feel that emotion? It's always at the heart, isn't it? You feel it there, isn't it? Your heartache, your sorrow, your lamentation, all here, is there. So this is where your emotion is, understand? Huh? Center of the heart. This emotion is at the center of the heart. Then this heart, if you have another experience as you go through life, you can also come to realize at certain time when your thinking is not active, huh? like when you visit a place or a house yeah, where you haven't been before first time, the first thing that come to your heart there before the thought come in and condition you and influence you to think otherwise, that is your conscience. That's why sometimes you go into a new place, you feel good, very good, and you like that place, you don't know why. That is your conscience behind telling you. Then sometimes, if it's not proper, you feel agitated, eerie, like, like very negative, the energy there. So this is what our nature inside with the conscience that can sense and feel. Yeah. Then sometimes, when you want to do certain evil thing, especially the first time you do, or it has not become habitual yet, it has not become your tendency yet. Like when you want to cheat somebody, want to deceive somebody, or want to take advantage of somebody. Then suddenly, behind, like another aspect of you, they call it your conscience. Yeah? Or some, they call it the, uh, the in Cantonese, what they call Liang Sam. Liang Sing. So that is actually your conscience. You will say, hey, this is not right. You cannot do that. Yeah. So that conscience also manifests around the heart area. So the heart has this ability yeah, to develop the heartbeat, the emotion, and the conscience. Then it is also the seat of consciousness. Means it is from here that the consciousness come in and create the powers of life. And this life force that creates the pulse of life or the heartbeat is what we call the karmic consciousness or the karmic force. So this life force is also called the karmic force. It is also the seat of consciousness. From there, the pulse of life starts. Okay? But when you meditate, there is a gateway to your true nature where you can allow the meditator, the cultivator who has developed awareness without thought to assess the nature within. And this one is called the gateway. And this gateway is slightly towards the left of the heart. So this is what the heart is all about.
the conscience is also very near to the awareness. Because this is from your nature, your awareness nature. So knowing all this, you start to understand how you function as a human being. So this distance between the heart, uh, sorry, the brain and the heart is approximately 14 inches apart. That's why in the book, I also mentioned 14 inches apart. Because somebody asked that question. Uh, although they are 14 inches apart, it's not easy to understand these two words. What actually is the heart and what actually is the brain? Are they the same or are they related? Yeah. So what happens is, as you grow up, as this brain develops more and more memories and accumulation of experiences, we will come to know that this brain accumulated a lot of psychological memory and mechanical memories. Mechanical memory are logic, facts, uh, mechanical knowledge, no psychology involved. Whereas the other one is psychological memory. And what are psychological memory? And these are dangerous memory. Psychological memories are your fear, your phobia, your insecurity, your anxiety, your sorrow, your lamentation, your whatever negativity of mind state that has psychological thinking involved. And that one can make you miserable, mental suffering, lead to depression, uh, lead to mental health, deterioration, and other things. That's why when you have all this accumulated, but if you are good at study, the mechanical memory or factual memory is very important, like your knowledge. This one can give you a lot of knowledge, technical knowledge, uh, scientific knowledge. Yeah. So this one is not harmful. This is what memory is for. That's why you can use it for learning, for study, for doing all those like uh, knowledge-based or thought-based approach to think, to learn things and to become good at things, excel in academic and other things. But when it comes to psychological memory, this is the one that actually causes human suffering, human problem. So, for those who understand, you don't have the Dhamma understanding, you always think from the brain and the forehead, it creates health. Health means suffering. You suffer a lot. Whereas cultivator of the way, they move their mind down to the heart to develop what they call awareness or sati or they call mindfulness. Yeah? They are all same. When you are just aware or mindful, there is no thought, no duality, no problem, no psychological uh, movement to cause suffering, misery, uh, unhappiness, and all those things. So what happened is, to cultivate, you have to move your awareness down to your heart. Don't stay here. When you stay here, you have a lot of this type of mundane thinking, which is born of accumulation of experiences. If it's psychological memory, it causes suffering, misery. So you need to be here to be aware, to understand 
how you develop the entanglement of life through delusion to become what you are. How your suffering come to be, how your misery come to be, how last time Alicia went through the 16 years of depression. Then the moment she's aware, she knows all these wrong thoughts, psychological memory that condition her to think that way, negative way. They are the cause of suffering. Like she can straight away tell, and now, for 16 years, you have tormented me. Yeah, like the selfish thought, the cunning thought, yeah, the hateful thought, and all those things. It's all very negative psychological memory. Because you recall it through what? The phobia that you have, the scars of memory that you have. Last time these people treat you like that, so negatively. Then when you go on through life, you have child abuse, you have people who cheat you, deceive you, create fear in you or panic and all. So these are all accumulated scars of memory, your phobia, your insecurity, your whatever. So from here, it manifests and conditions suffering and misery. So the moment she see and understand, she wake up and now the wrong thought cease. That's why the right effort to prevent it from arising come about through wisdom. We want a wrong thought. Thought that has the evils of greed, hatred and delusion. Greed means selfishness, craving, desire, possessiveness, all those negativity. Anger are the emotional negativity. And delusion is fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow. So once they are there, they trigger off your fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, and lamentation. So these are wrong thoughts. So when you are aware of that, whenever you are unhappy or not peaceful, means the wrong thoughts are there. Understand? Not? That's why you understand it through observing yourself. Then you trace the origination factor. How come you are not peaceful, not happy? How come there is fear, worry, anxiety, insecurity, sorrow, lamentation, all this going on inside that? It's because you lack understanding. You act according to memory, which is full of these accumulated experiences, especially psychological memory. And these are all wrong thoughts. Like I define, what are wrong thoughts? Thoughts that condition your fear, your worry, your anxiety, your sorrow, your lamentation, your selfishness, your emotional negativity, your phobia, your insecurity, your consummate, everything. They are doing the wrong thought. And they are psychological memories. So when you are aware from here, you see, you wake up, you reverse all this. That is only a thought, like I said. It has got no power over you. So this word is very powerful. It's only a thought. If it's only a thought, how can it have such power over you? Do you understand? We, as a human being, we hold the key to our life destiny. True or not? To be happy or to be unhappy is entirely your choice there. So choose to be happy. But why is the world full of people who are unhappy? You mean they don't know how to choose? No! But they don't know this teaching. Understand or not? They caught 
themselves entangle themselves with all these wrong thought. I better write down. What are wrong thought? Wrong thoughts are thoughts that condition your fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, and lamentation, etc. So, very dangerous to allow this wrong thought to arise. Because these wrong thoughts are thought that will condition all this. So that's why whenever you are not happy and not peaceful, means you know the wrong thoughts are there. And these are thoughts that has the evil roots of greed, hatred, and delusion. Wrong thought means the three evil roots are there. So these are the greed, hatred, and delusion. Like I said, we hold the key to our own life destiny. To be happy or unhappy is entirely our choice. So why are we not happy? That is a question. That I always say is only a thought. How come he has power over you? Who give him such power? It's because of your delusion, understand that? Your delusion that allow the thought to have power over you. Because thought create delusion in the individual living being through creating a delusion that let you assume you exist. That's why when you believe you exist, that personality creates the ego. And what is the ego? It's a personality. It's I. I exist. My identity, my name. Then when I believe I exist, I become selfish, true or not? I want to own things. I want to possess things. I become possessive. I have craving. I have attachment, clinging, I want to own things, have things, desire things. So this is the evil root of greed. Then when things don't go my way, when I am unhappy, I become emotionally very, very negative. I get angry. I develop hatred. I develop envy, jealousy. Then when I don't understand what is going on, I have delusion. I develop fear, worry, anxiety. So all these are the three evil roots of greed, hatred, and delusion. And because of that, they act deludedly. That's how all these wrong thoughts come about. So if we understand all these to an awareness, then we can reverse all this. Then why should we think the wrong thought like Alicia went through? 16 years, he said, all these wrong thoughts, he saw them one by one. And now, for 16 years, you have been tormenting me. Now I want to reverse all this. That's why he starts to develop the right effort to become kind, to become generous, to become more loving, more understanding, more sincere, no more negativity. Then she realized this one reversed to become right thought. And what are right thought? Wholesome, virtuous thought without the evil roots. They bring about peace. Tranquility, stillness, joy, happiness. Then they change the course of your karma, understand not? Everything becomes different. Then they see the beauty of this understanding, the nature's law unfold. Then 
the delusion cease. So basically, what is this human being? The Buddha said this human being is a physical form with the consciousness trapped inside. So the consciousness that come through the heartbeat, the pulse of life, that one goes up to the brain to create thinking and so on. That's why most human beings become very stressful when they think a lot. And when you up here do a lot of thinking, you become very hungry. Uh, you tend to want to eat a lot, you have to consume a lot of energy. Do you know thought, especially emotion, fear, worry, anxiety, they are negative energy field. They cause your immune system to go down. Understand? Whereas love, joy, happiness, peacefulness, tranquility, stillness of my born or meditative state, they are so positive and so conducive for your immune system. They actually brings your health back, allow you to recuperate. Your stress all gone. Understand? This is how you understand through the meditation, you develop all this right thought, beautiful mind state, which has no negativity, then your mind become different. No more tension, no more stress, no more fear, no more worry, no more, no more wrong thought. Everything is beautiful, wholesome, virtuous thought. Then there is a lot of joy. You see people do things correctly, rightly, you rejoice. Like just now we say, sadhu, 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 understand? We see people get promoted, we rejoice. They deserve it. Then no negativity, understand? Your, your heart like open up and there is joy, there is happiness. That's why it's only a thought. If you don't have the wisdom to recognize this and develop the understanding to free, then you get yourself entangled. So what we are trying to explain to you here is, although thoughts are response to memory, the problem is not the thought. The problem is the wrong thought. So now we need to understand, if the problem is the wrong thought, then I need to understand who is the user of thought. So which means the user of thought is very important. If the user of thought has the teaching, has the Dhamma, then you got no problem. Isn't it? But if the user of thought is deluded, then you create the wrong thinking, the wrong thought, that causes your suffering, then who is to be blamed? May you yourself, through your own delusion, allow yourself to become miserable and afflicted. So another example is, Thought is like money, understand? Money, you know money. Is money the root of all evil? A lot of people tell you that money is the root of all evil. When you got money, you talk quiet, especially men, too much money. Then sometimes, when you use money wrongly, you use it to hire assassin, destroy people's life and cause havoc to society. That is the use of thought using the money wrongly. So if the user of thought or money has wisdom, then money becomes wholesome. You can use money to help people, to do charity, to contribute towards society, to the nation's income and all those things, and 
contribute towards society's need and all those things. So user of thought and user of money is the same. If the user has wisdom, understanding of this teaching, then you become beautiful. All thoughts become right thought. So the same go with technology. They blame the technology, AI replacing human job and other things. Then they blame technology like computer and other things, pornography, everything they blame the computer. Then they say the TV, the whole thing, and the iPad or whatever, make the children attach and cling and they don't study. And you blame technology, but no use, understand not? As far as we understand, our civilization, technology is here to stay, understand? Technology is like thought and money, neither good or evil. It depends on the user of technology, you understand? If you understand this, then the whole world becomes beautiful, becomes very different. This understanding transforms the human psyche, the human understanding, and the world can become different. Peaceful, beautiful, meaningful, loving. That's why the user of thought, money, and technology is very important. If you use it with wisdom appropriately, then you don't act according to this rubbish memory. You act according to what? You act according to understanding born of awareness. When you meditate from here, then you have what they call understanding. you develop understanding or wisdom. So acting according to memory is not acting at all. So you have to act using understanding or wisdom born of the meditative training, which is awareness-based. Okay? So more or less, this is what I want you to understand. Then the last thing is, this awareness nature or the true mind, the silent mind, your meditative mind, they will only arise when thoughts cease. Means when you meditate, when there is no thought, you will realize your true mind. This is what your true mind is. Awareness nature or your true mind. This is your meditative mind, your silent mind. This is where the mind becomes very peaceful, tranquil, and still. Okay? Yeah. So with this, I think I will end today's sharing. Huh? Yeah, let us rejoice. Huh? Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. You don't have to keep note. Huh? We will take a shot of this and you all can have the record. Huh? Okay. Almost 9.47. Huh? Just nice. Huh? So it's like we finish our first session. So now second session, we open it up for maybe... Uh, it's supposed to be meditation reporting. Huh? Those who have any meditation to report, you also can. Otherwise, we will discuss today's topic. Yeah? Or you can ask me any question yeah, that you want to understand regarding today's topic or the meditation or any part of the teaching. Take a heart and mind, how? Ming Pai Lewa. 就就就讲这个这个 
，说呃，我们一定要去明白，因为呃，一切都为心造嘛，好、哦，我们的上个礼拜就已经讲，一切是为心造，所以这个心是一个很重要的一个呃一个 part， 我们一定要去 understand 啊。Especially 是呃，在这个脉里面哈、哦，这个 heart、嗯、这个脉里面就是有这两个脉，嗯啊，我们一定要很清楚的去了解这个呃这两个脉，就是那个 true mind、uh, and the thinking mind、uh,。对 ，So the other thing that I have explained now you know, when you are here at the forehead, eh, this is the mundane mind. That's why this is hell. That's why now. When you meditate, you come down to the heart. That's why finally you go to the heart. This is awareness base. This one don't have memory, don't have thinking, don't have thought process. That's why this one the true mind was surface. That's why I put here awareness nature or the true mind. They arise when thought ceases. So you have to move from here, from the forehead to here. This is like the four circle. You remember, ah, from the. External phenomenal world, you have to bring it back to the pure awareness. The first one. This is where the pure awareness is. Okay. Uh, 要了解这个啊，这个脉就一定要有沙地。对，好。对，呃，这个沙地就要呃很 stable 的。嗯。Initially. 要去 differentiate 这个 true mind 跟这个 mundane mind 是不容易，不容易的，真的不容易。你要做到那个 awareness nature 啊，的 stability 啊 ，stabilize。Then from there how it create thought, how it develop the movement 啊，从那边你就能够了解。That's why you must be completely silent, stabilize your awareness to develop the ability to be aware to understand. Who are you? What are you? And you, how you function as a human being? How the thought process arise? How the sixth sense function? How upon contact consciousness arise? Then how you input the content? You must see them all. The particular small panel, the twelfing, 全部清清楚楚。你悟到了，能够了解了 ，then 那个智慧就现起来了。Wisdom can only arise when you can see it and develop the understanding. Miss, you awaken to what happened. That's why we call it the awareness. Give you the ability to see things as they are. Means not through your memory, your views, your opinion, your conditioning, your belief system. Well, a lot of us look at things through our memory. As a research here, then through our views, opinion, conditioning, and belief system, we perceive it according to this. But this is not the reality. This is your own reality, your own belief system, your own views, opinion, and conditioning. This is not the truth. The truth is how you become what you are, how you develop fear, how you develop. Craving, attachment, clinging. How you develop suffering and misery. So you must see, they come about because of your psychiatry that condition you to think the wrong thought. Understand? And then from here, all this suffering, psychological memory, fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, and they arise. So when you see this, what must you do? You must reverse all this. Straighten your view. Retrospectively, reverse all this. Means you know this are wrong thought, like Alicia. And now for sixteen years you've been tormenting me. 
So forget about all this thought. Prevent it from arising. We have no meaning. It causes suffering. Why you want to think? It's just like the example I give you. Huh? Let's say this one is red hot, molten. If you hold on to it, touch it, what happened? It will burn you, isn't it? It will torment you, isn't it? So similarly, when you see all these wrong thoughts, when you create them, hold them, it will torment you. It will cause you suffering. So, burning you, tormenting you, and causing you suffering is the outcome of suffering. Understand not? It's the cause of suffering, sorry. So, when you understand this, what must you do? Don't hold anymore, is it? Correct or not? So, what happens to human beings is they don't understand. They go and allow the thought to condition them into believing that they exist. Then they say, this one is my suffering, understand not? Like your health problem, your career problem, your relationship problem, or your financial problem, or whatever problem in life, understand not? You say, this is my problem, I have to solve it. But the understanding of how to solve it is very important. You can still solve it by not holding on to it, understand? by letting it down. Means what? When I leave it, I don't hold on to it, I don't worry about it, what happens? It no longer burn me or torment me. Then I have clarity of mind. My mind is not disturbed, it's not causing me all the fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, and lamentation. I can look at it and inquire what happened. When I put it down, it's not burning me, not tormenting me, it means all this fear, worry, sorrow, and lamentation all gone. Insecurity all gone. Then I have clarity of mind, then I look at it. Actually, what happened? And then I can start to write it down. Uh, these are my so-called problems that my thought tell me. But are these really a problem? I have to inquire. If I don't perceive it with negativity and fear, there is no problem. Like the Buddha said in the teaching, the first noble truth, the eight reality, these are common to all humanity. All your so-called problem, financial problem, health problem, relationship problem, birth, OA sickness, and death problem, they are first noble truth reality, common to all humanity. Not only I have to confront and go through, everybody has to confront and go through. And to me, this is a reality, it's not a problem. So you accept this as a reality, then what happens? I no longer fear, understand not? I no longer develop the projection of thought, the wrong thought, to become worried, to worry about that problem, or to create the anxiety, the sorrow, the, all this, no more. Then straight away with that clarity, I ask, if it's a common problem, how can I resolve all this amicably so that I can move on? Understand not? Then I start to develop the understanding like what Alicia gone through. These are all wrong thoughts. Not worthy of allowing it to arise again. Then I come to 
understand this, like what the Buddha said, no amount of sorrow, lamentation can bring back the dead. Understand or not? So, no amount of fear, worry, anxiety, and sorrow can help me solve my problem. Do you understand? You solve your problem not by holding on to it and worrying about it with all the, 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 the negative mind state and so You solve problem by putting it down so that you don't hold on to all this, so that all this doesn't affect you or torment you. Then there is clarity. Then you can make better decisions. You don't panic. You don't worry. Then you look at it. Okay, health problem, take for example. Huh? Or financial problem. How can I resolve it amicably? Financial problem is very easy, understand? But it's not criminal. Unless you go and steal and deceive, then it becomes CBT, criminal. Otherwise, uh, if you legitimately owe the bank or what, uh, you don't worry, you know. The worst case scenario is what? Put you bankruptcy, understand? Uh, True or not? I think you're a law firm, uh, you all know. Uh. That is the worst case scenario, understand? And bankruptcy says, say you are not, understand? There are a few that came to me financial problem. I tell them this, ah, uh, wow, they suddenly all their fear gone, no? Ah, bankrupt only, ah, pretty sure they cannot come after me, ah. They cannot come after my parent, ah. I say they are not tai long, I say, please, ah, they are law. Credit card only, ma. You know, young people, new graduate, you cannot blame them, understand? They got a lot of credit card. They juggle, 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 then they cannot pay. The bank threaten them. So, a lot of such cases. So, I say, worst come to a case, you go to court, you tell the judge, you want to pay, but I got no money. Then, okay, how much can you afford? They, they, they will tell you all this, understand? Then you resolve it, understand? Now, Bank Nagara also got a unit. Talk to you one, teach you how to plan your finance and adjust your whatever, and let you come out of it. Huh. Then all they got the all the bantuan bantuan the government coming out. Eh? The EPF they take until no more. Eh? Now they think of other way. Icina, Isara, Iwan, all the I I I. So to me, financial problem is not really a problem. Eh? Uh, then health problem, okay. Health problem, a lot of people panic, especially traumatic disease and all things. But what are you going to do when you understand all this and you know no amount of fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, and many is going to help you? So you have to confront the other side with what? With noble eightfold power, following the Dhamma way, wisdom way, means right view. To understand what is going on. Means like the Buddha say, whatever that arise or happen, there are causes and conditions behind. And one of the causes and conditions behind is the five daily contemplation, the last one. You are born of your karma, heir to your karma, condition and support. You are what you are because you are. So this disease or sickness come about could be through your DNA, past karmic activity, what you do and all those things. It's payback time. Uh, you reap what you sow. Do good because good. Do evil because evil. So if I accept this, then I can move. Understand? Or not? Then what I need to do is I need to seek advice of people who can help me. Let's say cancer. You need the advice of oncologists, the doctors. But not all doctors and oncologists are 
professional and that's all. You also need to understand your karma. If last time you also this bogus type of doctors or what, you also look because of money you provide your service, then you will go and visit that type of doctor also, and that's all, or oncology. And then you come back. Then you say, how can this doctor do this? But last time you did to people, you never complained, and that's all. So when you understand all this, you have to tell yourself, what must I do? I do what I have to do. If I know this is wrong, I vow not to repeat it. I ask for forgiveness. And that's all. That's like asking for forgiveness is in the chanting. You have to do the first thing. Then after I ask for forgiveness already, then I vow not to repeat all this. Then I repent. Repentant. Repent means what? From now onward, I'm going to change my life. I don't want to live that type of life that lead to this karmic negativity. Which I start to follow this teaching, follow the advice of the Buddha to avoid all evil, to good, purify the mind. To avoid all evil, I keep the precept. I don't harm people, I don't kill people. Then I don't get all this problem coming back to me. Then when I keep my precept, I not only develop the pure, what they call uh, morality, because when I keep my precept, I actually avoid all evil. We are breaking the precept constitute major evil. So if I can keep my precept, I don't harm people, I don't cheat people, I don't deceive people, I don't cause suffering to people. Karmically, I reap what I sow, my life become better. Then when I decide to develop and cultivate wholesomeness, means right thought, right speech, and right action means I cultivate noble qualities. No more giving rise to all this wrong thought that leads to suffering, negativity or mind state. So when I do that, again I reap what I sow. I will reap all the good things that I have cultivated, like what I did to help people, be generous to people. All this will come back to you. The more you give, you give to your karmic nature. Your karmic nature will receive. That's why wealth will come. Whatever you have done to people, they will come back. When you treat people uh, with uh, what they call compassion, love, kindness, gentleness, kind people, gentle people, compassionate people, they will come and help you back. So all this is what the Dhamma is, following the advice of the people. The Buddha is to avoid all evil, to go miss. You cultivate noble evil power, right view leading to right thought, right speech, right action. Then after that, you move on to meditate, purify your mind. And that one is awareness based. Then you develop the meditative training from here. That one is another big topic. And then when you develop the wisdom, this wisdom free your mind. Then you can solve your problem already. Then you become different. When you straighten your view, the user of thought is wise. No more wrong thought, no more suffering, no more problem. Disease is just disease, understand? Means you do what you have to do. Ask for forgiveness, follow the advice of the Buddha, then invoke power of merits for turn around, for there to be causes and conditions for your sickness or disease to recover to good health. 
uh, or normal health so that you can gain back your life again so that you can become a useful human being and given a second chance to continue your life to live your life to cultivate and to be a blessing to all of humanity yeah, and the world so this is how you do it so these understandings are very important then when you have this understanding you will also know how to consult people you will meet up with people where you invoke that power of merits for causes and conditions to recover you will meet up with people who has recovered from this disease before understand no? then like they will tell you hey don't worry last time my so and so he also same cancer and all those things he recovered ah, what did he take then you look at the internet you get good advice there are a lot of solutions actually you change your lifestyle you reduce your stress actually stress is the number one killer cause cancer when you have a lot of fear worry anxiety your immune system go down you stress out the cell mutate very fast and your health deteriorate very fast so all this you can understand then you know how to resolve your life problem and move on this is how this teaching can be so beautiful and so useful and so practical to help humanity to recover uh, the good case is Alicia uh, and many other Kajamita too. Uh, they have actually a lot of depressed people, uh, suffering people. They came and they recover when they understand. Mm. So this is good. You continue, huh? So, yeah. Mm. the explanations solutions in the daily life. 怎样的去solve我们的那个我们的那个karmic，哦，and that's why before you have the Dhamma, before you meditate, before you develop this understanding, awakening, you use thought. They say it's a one-way traffic to hell. Because you don't have the wisdom, all the thought you arise, 90 over percent is all wrong thought. Seldom right thought, wholesome thought, compassionate thought. At that time, the evil roots of greed, hatred, and delusion are so dead, so strong. Then your habitual tendency, your wrong way of thinking, your views, your opinion, your conditioning, your belief system, everything from memory, you just continue to think and act from there. The Sankara Sanya, creating more and more suffering, misery. That's why they think and think and think until the cocoon of thought make them depressed and it become depression. That's why just now you mentioned mind is a forerunner all things. You break through that understanding, you actually progress very far. Well when you understand mind, the mundane mind or the thinking mind or the thought, 
is the forerunner of all things, like the Buddha said. When thought arise, all things arise. Because everything is created by the thought. Your suffering, your misery, your delusion, all they are from thought. So when you don't have the awareness to see this and awaken and reverse all this wrong thought by straightening your view, you cannot change your life. You understand? You cannot transform. You become the way you are, caught in the delusion. It's just how some nobody tell you all this, uh, the secret of life, the teaching and all this. Do you think you can come out of it? You can't. There is no way, understand? Uh, when I explain, it looks simple, understand? Uh, but to apply it, to make it a living reality, not easy. Very few people have the understanding. Mm. So Kayamita actually very blessed, eh? able to have this teaching and understanding. And many of you have applied it. Eh? And it helped you to develop the better understanding of life and to transform the way you understand life. That's why I saw a lot of Kayamita more calm, more peaceful, more joyful, more happy. And less stress, less stress. Yeah. Actually, you look at all those Kayamita who really cultivate and come to the class and study. Yeah. Their life improve or change. Yeah. And until now, I hardly hear anybody got stress until disease and all those things. I, I haven't heard of any. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of uh, the disease then come one also go. <laughs> then recover also go. <laughs> So it all depends. <laughs> but so far, all Kayamita are beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Even Chi Wei, yeah, you look at him, Chi Wei 80 something. Right? So beautiful, so cheerful. Yeah. And he's coming again. Yeah. I think uh, I was told by Suyan, he was here, then he went to Penang. He should be back end of the month now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 80 plus, no, uh, I think, uh, but still healthy, uh, still cheerful with the Dhamma. He has a lot of joy. Uh. <laughs> Very good. Uh, continue song, sorry. <laughs> mm. uh. um, living beings, how living beings, the problems, trampled slices, got taught. Initially,把你拉回你一定有happy就担心你就会在一直在那个啊漩涡里面一直转你去analyze but to break this, you need to stabilize your wisdom. Not to say you don't have, you have, but you haven't stabilized it. That's why this habitual tendency, we call it the anusaya uh, or asava. Uh, they have power to come back and 
torment you and haunt you. But once you stabilize the understanding, like what Alicia went through, where she went to depression, she saw this wrong thought causing her suffering. The moment she see uh, and now subsides straight away. Uh, 你了解了,四六年了,搞他搞到这样,够了了。And now I have enough for you. Uh, it's just like your good friend, uh, you think he is very close to you, very friendly. Then one day you saw how he deceived you and cheat you. Understand? Uh? Then you become different. Uh, you no longer trust that person. You say, and now, finish. That relationship has to end. The basis of relationship is what? Sincerity, you know. Once the sincerity is brief, it's gone, you know. When you are no longer sincere, the trust is no more there. But if you are sincere, I can trust you, you know. I can still continue the relationship. But the moment I see you cheat me, gone. So what the cultivator saw is, they saw the thought, the wrong thought cheated them, you know. Finish. The wrong thought has got no more power to stay in his brain, the mundane thinking there. Well, these are all wrong thoughts which are not worthy of even giving it a second thought. Why you want to hold on to all this psychological rubbish that torment you, make you so fearful? Like I say, it's only a thought. How come he has some, such power over him? Who gave him that power? The individual who don't have the understanding through delusion, you created the wrong thought through the evil root and make you miserable. Means you are causing your own suffering through ignorance, through delusion. That's why this teaching can awaken you, straighten your view and transform you and become different. So this is the living Dhamma, it's not theoretical Dhamma that you study under like theory, oh, but cannot apply on. So the theoretical one is what? Let go la, don't attach la, don't worry la, not you ma. <laughs> but when cancer is causing you all this suffering, you say, not real la, not me la, antata la, non-self These are theoretical Dhamma, I cannot free you. Like Yun Chan said, if it don't happen to you, easy to talk, easy to advise people. When it happened to you, uh, you apply and say, like Song said, cannot. Because that delusion, psychology is so strong inside the human mind. They really believe they exist. They are dying. Understand? They are suffering. How can you say these are all not real? But when you meditate with the awareness, you can see. The consciousness that is aware is different from the thought which things get entangled and cause the suffering, the mental suffering. When you lashes onto it and hold onto it, then this mental suffering go down to the heart here and give rise to fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow. That's why here ache and asana. Then they get heart attack and all those things. How you can understand when you are aware. When you are aware, no more thinking, then all this negativity of mind state cease. That's why when I meditate, I realize fear was never me. Insecurity, sorrow, lamentation, they were never me. They are the wrong thought that condition it to arise. Before I have fear, I have no fear. 
Then how did fear arise? When I see something I don't like, or when I recall through a phobia, a memory that recall that type of fear, then this thing trigger. Then when it trigger off, it is the emotion at my heart area. Then I worry about it, I panic, and uh, I got panic attack, anxiety, you know, and all these are negativity of my state. So what must I do? Because when I know that these are dependent originating my state, my make are they just like just now you mentioned, they are not a reality, not intrinsic to my true mind. So I only need to relax, accept the reality, be aware and stay with it, at peace with it, like what Colon able to do. Then I realize everything ceases. We are no more on thought. The mind returned to its original state before the thinking arise. Understand? So when it returned to its original state of no thought, which is the true mind, the characteristic is tranquility, stillness, awareness. No more agitation, no more fear, no more wrong thought. Nothing to condition it. Then you realize suddenly there is peace. There is tranquility, there is stillness. That's how you develop the awakening and all along is like that. But human beings didn't understand, they don't know how to be aware, but they never learned this awareness-based meditation. They use the thought. They try to reason, they try to analyze, they try to like find a solution, thought-based, to overcome it. Cannot. No amount of analysis and reasoning can root out the whole problem. It may be give you a temporary fix, like the doctor, the psychologist and all those things. They give you, ins you have insomnia, they give you a sleeping pill and uh, tranquilizer or hormone, uh, they call it uh, the, the, the hormone pill to actually uh, uh, they, they know when you have panic attack and fear, there is a hormone trigger off or not. And because of that deficiency, uh, they call hormone deficiency, uh, your fear or phobia is like intensified or not. And it can trigger off wrong thought, uh, suicidal thought or not, to cause that person in depression commit suicide or not. But a lot of these people tell me, but they were, they were very too with a suicidal thought. The thought would just come out and say, my SL died. Uh, but they, they cannot take that stress. So this suicidal thought, the doctor also know, he give you the hormone imbalance uh, to balance back the hormone. Uh, you take already, uh, you become more stable. But do you know it's a drug? You become addicted to it. And when you become addicted, you become dependent. No? And the dosage has to be increased over time. No? Then when you travel or you forgot to bring your medication, no? you get into big trouble. That's why it's not a permanent fix. It's a temporary fix. And all this cannot. That's why Alicia last time also went to psychiatry, also take a lot of will. Then later on when she recovered, she asked me, should I continue the pill? I said, you slowly, slowly... Uh, leave it. Means we slowly you withdraw and no need to depend on it. Because your understanding can free you. That's why finally no need to have all those medication. So these are the understanding which are very useful. 
uh, today because of conditions, you all must thank Alicia and the uh, <laughs> sister-in-law, sister Adrian, ah, Andrea, Andrea, <laughs> for the condition. Uh, because I explain more for her to understand. Because she don't have Dharma background, she can relate to day-to-day wordings uh, and explanation. Uh. You more or less can understand what I say. Uh, uh, we are from your training. Uh, uh, very good. It means you yen learn. You have affinity. Uh, you can hear all this. Uh, then you will develop the understanding, the interest. And it can help you while you are still young. Uh, and you can help a lot of people later on. So I do you. No wonder you are close to Alicia. You like to talk to her. Huh? <laughs> Actually,我在这里听你的佛法一年多之后,我就不需要再吃药了。That's why that is how amazing it is. No need the psychologic medication anymore, psychiatric medication. Uh. 其实我一个重要的朋友跟我说你能够走出来 所以我感恩佛法的佛法的他们把我还有感恩Bradio的teaching 是非常的有兴趣去理解它，因为之前我的都是嗯不懂不懂很多的negativity，and Cause why not other thought? Uh, that one, in the early day, I used to teach you all. When you have dreams or whatever, or when you are living your daily life, how come this thought keep on coming back to you, haunting you? Especially human beings when they have a problem. When they have a problem, uh, that problem, uh, that thought, keep on coming back. 
like when you have financial problem, health problem, relationship problem, that thought uh, keep on coming back to haunt you until you have resolved it. You go and find out yourself. It's very true. Especially Kowloon will know the sight got problem like that. That that thought keep on coming on. But luckily he learned the awareness space, he learned how to meditate, relax, silent. Then with clarity he he resolved it amicably. Otherwise normal people are uh, stressed up really, cannot cope really. Because in a construction site it's like a war zone. <laughs> you you like fighting war, eh? with the consultant, with the client, and with your own worker, and sometimes you have to face your boss. And everybody is after you to deliver, understand? To complete the project on time and within budget and all those things. It's very stressful. It's not easy. Well, I'm also a civil engineer, eventually. But for me, I have the Dhamma, I understand. That's why I resolve it amicably. One by one, I look at it, I resolve it, I look at it, I as long as you resolve, you will have less thing to worry and carry. If you don't resolve, you cannot uh, deliver your work or your career will have problem. So resolving issue in life is number one. As long as it's resolved, then it is not troubling you anymore. But you don't make decision, you procrastinate, you continue to fear, worry, and have anxiety, then it develops and becomes worse and worse and worse. But when you resolve it one by one, you realize, hey, very fast, though. they all clear, no? they all clear. I need to do, I do, like. I need to resolve it, I resolve it. Like. I need to seek help, I seek help. I just speak the truth, I just do what I have to do, then I resolve all this. That's why when you understand, you're no more negativity, no more fear, worry, anxiety. Then the mind, which is tranquil, still with clarity, become more efficient. Without all this emotion, you can act very well. Then when you don't have all this, karmic negativity doesn't come back and haunt you and disturb you. You realize your life improves a lot. That's why I always advise Kayamita, even my children, whatever happened in life, if it doesn't go your way, first thing to remember is don't panic, don't worry, and don't develop unnecessary fear, anxiety. Have a calm mind, look at it, like that thing burning you, tormenting you, creating fear. Put it down. Yeah, this is a reality. If I don't perceive it in negativity, no problem. If I perceive it as one of the reality of life, then it not only happened to me. People who are in this line, in this career, doing this, they also have to confront. So what is the difference? I also confront. But I have the Dhamma, I can confront it better and resolve it easily, then I solve my problem. Understand? Rather than worrying about the problem and creating unnecessary fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, that one would help you, it make you worse. Understand? Uh, then you need to take all the pills, eh, medication, <laughs> to help you sleep and overcome your panic, attack your fear. All this will stress you out and create immunity, deterioration, and disease. That's why a lot of people end up developing all the traumatic disease, eh, heart attack, and all those things. Eh.
Very good. Huh? Continue. Huh? Yeah, Brady. Um, actually其实就是一个一念之差罢了那对一念之差对所以最近我看到我身边的人很多人都在讲这个生病那个生病那个生病所以我就跟他们很简单的说假如你呃我瑞啊还是你什么啊你生气啊你的五脏六腑在打架
很很奥妙， yeah, yeah, yeah. 我也讲不出来。有时因为三是因缘法嘛<笑> ，dependent originating 嘛，它有那个 condition， 它就现出来的。Then 我们修行者啊 ，cultivator，once you have this understanding， you don't need to remember anything 嘛。Like I say， it's not a knowledge， it's a understanding。有了就是有了的，不用 worry about， you will forget about it， you must commit to it。No such thing。Then the mind that has no dwelling is the best. We have finally that mind completely transform and become different. So what she is going through, Alicia is going through this phase very pure. Like is it kong bai kong bai? Kong means empty lah. Bai means clean slate, blank lah. Nothing because you already have the stability or understanding and gone through the awareness nature, the true mind, silent mind. From there, it go in. There, it come out. Then you understand the whole process. Then you cannot hold on to all these things. It has no more meaning. That's why you have more and more space within thought. Then it's like this one cannot grasp, cannot hold anymore. That's why sometimes when I do the chanting or what, I don't know where I am on. Understand? Because there is no memory. Ah, time over there. Uh, okay. Uh, okay lah. That the timekeeper the saying, what you think now? Ah, well, let Alicia share lah. We are very good sharing. Ah, very good. He complete 就是这样。对，沙杜布拉丘，感恩大家，真的很感恩。呀呀呀！非常的感恩。所以呃，还有一个我想讲的是，当我某一个呃那个 at the back 那个 dot come back 哦，我就是知道那个是我 try to。Very subtle underneath that, I try to push it, but it doesn't. Then, in the end, I decided to repent. Repent, ask forgiveness. Then, because sometimes, Yeah, can bread you can can that can that. Let us rejoice. Give me a chance. Yeah. Amitofo. Amitofo. Sadu, sadu, sadu. Also, what she mentioned just now, the doctor that ah the friend or the doctor that told her, you are able to like ah no need medication after one year plus ah come out of the depression ah is a miracle. He mentioned the word, ah, miracle, ah, miracle, ah, ah, is a miracle. Really, one over here listening on it, no medication, nothing, no, and can no need all this psychiatric medication. And he was sixteen years now heavily dependent on those drugs, no, and can just come out of it. That's why I say when you understand, the whole thing is gone. When you don't understand. It continues to haunt you. This is the power of thought. Thought delude, thought divide, thought create all the delusion and the suffering. That's why wrong thought, very very dangerous. The use of thought, very important. So today's topic, go back and listen, contemplate, reflect, and stabilize it. Then this will continue to be with you in future. Then when you cultivate, you transform, you understand very fast, you become very different. Okay, 
So sadu, sadu, sadu. Okay, we will share marriage, transfer marriage, then we end. Akasata Chabumata Devanaga Mahindika Punyang Tang Anamoditwa Chirang Rakantu Loka Sasana Ita Wata Chamehi Sampadan Punya Sampadan Sabe Deva Anamodantu Sabasampati Siddhiya Idang Menya Tinang Hotu Sukita Hontunya Tayo Idang Menya Tinang Hotu Sukita Hontunya Tayo Idang Menya Tinang Hotu Sukita Hontunya Tayo Deo Asatukalena Sasa Sampati Hetu Cha Loko Raja Bawatu Dhammi Ibina Punyang Kamina Mame Bala Samagamo Satang Samagamo Hotu Yawa Nivana Patiya Sadhu 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 Okay, you all can now pay respect mindfully to Lord Buddha, Kuanyin Bodhisattva and all the worthy ones. Eh? Then we will end the whole session. Sadhu. Thank you.